We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Hello, listeners. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Midwest Mamas. We are so glad to have you here and appreciate you joining our latest conversation. We are thrilled to have author Stacy Thacker on our show. Stacy is so much more than just an author, and you will love getting to know her. She does have a new devotional out called Threadbare Prayer, Prayers for Hearts That Feel Hidden, Hurt, or Hopeless. This is a must-read and offers simple yet heartfelt devotions to guide readers on the days they don't know what to pray. Something I struggle with is finding the right words to pray in certain moments in my life, and Stacy gives great advice when you are stuck and need a little guidance with prayer. We hope you enjoy this conversation. Hello, listeners. We are so excited to have on our show today, Stacy Thacker. Can you say hi, Stacy? Hey, y'all. Hope y'all doing great today. Yay. We're so excited to have you. So for our listeners who might not know you yet, can you please share a little bit about oh. you and yourself and your family? Absolutely. Um, I My name is Stacey Thacker. My husband, Mike, and I have been married for 26 years, which when I say that every time I say Whoa. it, it just I know, right? It just sounds super ancient, but it is 26 oh, wow. years. Good for you guys. That's I amazing. know. It is a, good, awesome. it's a great thing. Um, we have four girls. Our oldest is 21. Our oldest is 21. Our next oldest will be 18 in December. So we'll just go ahead and say 18. We have a 14-year-old and an 11-year-old. And we are all one-of-a-kind household, except for dad and the dog. They they handle it like troopers. They're just mm-hmm. really brave. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I feel like I need to say that since Yay! this is Midwestern born. Right. I'm a Hoosier girl. I grew up in Southern Indiana, small town girl. But we currently live in central Florida. I moved away about 18 years ago, but the Midwest always has a big part of my heart. It's home. You know, it just, just feels yeah. like home. So my mom is still there. So it, it, all the time I think about going home and, and being there. It's just a, it's a special place to me. That's so it's part of who I am. Um, I am a writer. I started writing on a blog, uh, goodness, uh, 11 years ago. I was pregnant with my baby, my youngest, and I just started writing on a blog. Kind of, I don't, I think when the blog boom hit, um, and from there, God just started opening doors to write more than on a blog. I started writing books and co-wrote a couple books and, and still doing that today. I love to speak and teach. Um, I love my favorite thing is to be with a small group of women and talk about the Bible. That's my favorite thing to do. I also enjoy a good cup of coffee tacos and I will never say no if you offer me a chocolate chip cookie. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, very same, same to yeah. all that. <laughs> Absolutely. All good things, right? All good things. And so how did you, because you started, you said, 11 years ago with the blog. What was your reasoning for wanting to do a blog? You know, it's really interesting. I, I guess I've always written. I, I, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I've always had words and put words in places, but mostly journals. Mm. Um, I was in a season, I, as I said, I was pregnant with my fourth daughter, and I had I'd been in a really um, busy season of ministry at my church, and that kind of came to a natural close, and my husband just kept saying, you know, you really should write. You should be writing on a blog. And at that time, I really just didn't have a really great idea of what was happening online. And I, and honestly, kind of how it started was we got rid of cable. I know this is such a funny oh. story. Mm. And I Googled something about decorating and I landed on a blog, another Midwestern girl, the nester. I don't know if you guys are familiar oh, with the nester. Yes, Michael, yes. Michael and Smith grew up in Columbus. I discovered this years ago, but I ended up on her blog and loved it. Thought she was great and witty and 
clicked on a link on the sidebar and landed on her sister's site, Emily's site. Emily's a writer. And I saw her doing the very thing that I had. a. I thought, well, I could do that. I could write words and encourage women and just write about my life and that sort of thing. Yeah. And so I just hit publish. I started my first blog. Um, it was called 29 Lincoln Avenue. It's back in the day when we were all afraid people were going to stalk us and, you know, hunt us down online. And so I blogged anonymously for years. And then <laughs> when God, I know deepest days, you're like, don't use your name. Now we're like, this is who I am. Come yeah. find me. I'm right. at this Starbucks, you know, yes. on a Loma, whatever, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. So I just, um, I don't know. I just kept following the spark. Um, I wrote a blog post. Yeah, it's probably been nine years ago um, about just being a weary mom. And it just clicked with women. And I seriously thought I was the only one that was tired of my all the things. And so yeah. it sparked and I followed that spark and God opened doors to write a couple books and and just meet with women. And I just I've been so blessed. I'm so glad I said yes and listened and um, followed that path because I've just been surprised at what God has done as a result of that. And I'm just truly honored to be doing what I'm doing today. And it really all started on a little blog, a little mom blog, um, but I'm grateful. Yeah. And so, and you said you've written a couple books. Can you share like, um, and you don't have to go into great detail, but just like some of the books, like what were they about? Who were they targeted for? You know, the target audience? Absolutely. Um, uh, the two books that kind of kick-started everything, the first one was called Hope for the Weary Mom. And mm-hmm. that was what started on my blog. Um, I co-wrote that with a really good friend of mine named Brooke McLaughlin, who I actually met on Twitter just kind of funny. Um, and we co-wrote that book um, several times. We self-published it first and then a publisher picked it up. And um, we also wrote a devotional called The Hope for the Way Mom Devotional. And those books have been really was kind of my entry into book writing. And it was it was just such a great experience to co-write that with her and to meet moms and, and really see God use a message of hope in the lives of moms everywhere. And so that has been super exciting. From there, I wrote um, a a couple books on my own, one called Fresh Out of Amazing, um, which, yes, it does sound like Hope for the Weary Mom. And <laughs> what I've learned is that writers just basically write the same book over and over. <laughs> we just put different titles on it. So <laughs> Hope for the Weary Mom and Fresh Out of Amazing kind of go together. And okay. they, the yeah. Fresh Out of Amazing kind of finishes the story. I wrote a couple books based on Bible, um, um, books of the Bible, because I love teaching the Bible and the Word to women. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and the newest book is a, is a book on prayer, which to me is almost the most surprising thing at all. Cause I, I don't necessarily consider myself a prayer warrior, but man, I pray every day. Cause I definitely need, um, that relationship with the Lord every day. Yeah. And can you kind of tell us a little bit about your new book and it's called Threadbare Prayer? Yeah, it's so, it's so interesting because when I first came up with that title, um, my thought was it would be easy to remember, but it is a little bit of a tongue twister. So I do apologize <laughs> for that. As I've done interviews, the interviews have like said it slowly. So it's yeah. good, all good, but it'll <laughs> stick, you know. Yeah. Um, it's yeah. The, crazy, the crazy thing about this is our family's just gone on a journey over the past several years. We've just gone through a lot of hard things. Mm-hmm. And so I really, when I started out writing, um, as a writer, I process everything on the page. I, I write through my pain, I guess that you can say, or my struggles. And um, I really thought I was going to write a book about our story that just would tell everyone what happened and how, what God oh. did. And um, that just didn't, it didn't gain any traction. It just didn't happen that way. And so in the midst of that, um, the Lord just really called me to 
start writing simple prayers based on scripture that were easy to remember, mostly because my memory is not great as a mom of four. <laughs> There's a lot going on and I need things to be simple. Yeah. And so I started just basing simple prayers on scripture and I would write a small little devotional on my blog, still blog. Um, and as I was writing them, uh, just people just really responded and they were like, oh, this is your next book. And I was like, no, it's not. I'm not writing any more books. You know, I was convinced yeah. I was done writing and it just took off. And unbeknownst to me that I wrote it at, like last December before 2020, before everything was super crazy in the world. And it was a super fast publication. It, it came out within a year and um, that's pretty rare in the book world. And so I just think that God had a plan for it from the beginning because I think a lot of us right now feel a little bit hidden or maybe a lot hidden. Um, we feel uh, hurt and we feel hopeless at times because it has been a really, really hard year. And so this little book has a hundred prayers that really just walks us through how to have conversations with God. And it's um, hopefully something that will encourage a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. And so what exactly is a threadbare prayer? Well, what I would say is that it starts with a scripture and I just, I had some that were really special to me that I have clung to in really hard seasons. And I messaged some of my friends and I said, Hey, what are some, what are some passages from the Bible that really means something to you? And so I collected this list of, of verses and I, um, I would take the verses and then I would just write a simple heartfelt devotion just to the Lord. Um, mm. It kind of has a structure of just kind of just a, an honest section of just kind of where I kind of talk about my own heart. And, mm-hmm. um, and then there's a, a, a part where I, I will say something like, I am um, weary or I am struggling. And then there's a part that says, but you are. And it really goes back to the verse and pulls out some some key truths about the Lord. And then it just has almost like a, a portion of surrender. Um, and then at the very end of the very short devotion, just a simple one-line prayer that's based on that scripture. And it just puts it in very simple everyday language. Um, something like, um, I don't know what to pray, but you do. Um, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Um, show me grace. I mean, just very simple prayers that you can just tuck in your heart and take with you throughout your day. I, I've been known to pray individual prayers for days and weeks, you know, need be if, if the season is especially difficult. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of what I would call a threadbare prayer, a simple prayer based on scripture that's easy to remember. Okay. I love that. Yeah. So in this book, you share stories of some of your own threadbare moments. Can you share some of the times when you have found yourself grasping for words to pray? You know, like you said, when it's like, oh, like, I don't even know what to pray. Because I know personally, I've been there where it's just like, I I just don't even know. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes we just don't have the words. We just, Mm -hmm. you know, we've asked why, we've asked how long, and we just come really to the end of ourselves. Um, Yeah, our family, as I mentioned before, um, over the period of several years, it kind of started for us when I I lost my dad um, suddenly in 2014. Um, He had battled cancer for years, um, but he died suddenly. And so that really started the the journey of hard things for our family. Um, I grieved hard for about a year. Um, at the end of that year, my um, my daughter, who was not quite nine, um, was diagnosed with a chronic illness, and um, it is relentless. We still deal with it today. Wow. Um, and it it she was in the hospital for about eight days. It was it was brutal. Um, she was little, a little bitty thing, you know. 
Um, yeah. And so I really struggled with the Lord throughout that. Um, you know, it's it's hard hard to lose a parent, but it's as a parent to watch your kids struggle. It's I mean, with anything, it's just it's just heart wrenching. And so that was um, in 2015. And the beginning of that really it took us a couple years. Um, the type of chronic illness that it is, it just has a lot of puzzle pieces. And so it just took us a lot. The first two years of it were extremely hard. Um, and so just kind of when we were feeling like maybe we were getting on our feet with that, um, in 2017, my husband, who at the time I think was around, I think he was 48. I have to, sometimes I pause and I'm not hundred percent sure how old he yeah. was at the time, but in 2017, um, he suffered a sudden cardiac arrest, had no symptoms. We had no idea. Um, he, uh, honestly is a miracle that he's alive today. Um, he was in a coma for eight days. He was in ICU. We, he went through rehab, was in the hospital for a month. Um, and we've really since that day been healing and really, um, watching the domino effect of, you know, when you have two major health crises in one family within, you know, a year and a half to two years of them, um, I've just been through a lot. And so those threadbare moments, though extreme, um, are also, I think, found in just the everyday wear and tear of our lives. I mean, life is hard. Even if you're not called to the ICU suddenly one night, or you don't have to take your baby to the hospital. I mean, those are traumatic events to be sure, but sometimes it's just, my goodness, we're, we're, we're all at home with our kids because of this crazy virus and we can't see our family and we're, we're making different plans for Thanksgiving because, you know, you can't have so many people in your home and the stress that I think we're all feeling. I think some of those everyday moments, they, they push us into being threadbare as much as, as even the big things that we've gone through. Cause I definitely experienced it even as a young mom with kids that wouldn't sleep through the night. So I just want to preface that with saying there's a lot of moments that I find myself threadbare that aren't so tragic, but our story tends to lend itself to that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've been through a lot. Yeah. A lot to glad you got through it. Still, I, some days we still feel like we're getting through it, but um, it's interesting because someone has asked me, you know, uh, do you feel like you've changed through all this? And I said, mm. oh, goodness, I hope so. <laughs> I hope that yeah. what has happened is that um, I have changed. And, and I've really seen that through this journey with prayer is that, you know, when we go to God, he, he doesn't change. He doesn't change ever. Um, but it changes us and it helps us to trust him more and it grows us in our faith and it helps us to be stronger. And then, you know, God does a work in our life and then we can turn around and encourage someone else who's going through a really hard season as well. And so, Goodness, I hope that I'm I'm different than I was, you know, five years ago when all this started. Yeah. Yeah. So if people are going through major life events or even just like everyday wear and tear things um, and they don't have the words to pray, like what advice do you have for them? Like during that time where you just don't know what to pray for, you don't have the words in your own experience, what advice could you give those people? Well, first of all, I, there's a couple of things that come to mind. One of the things is I think it's it's completely okay to borrow prayers. I think if you are in a place where you just don't know what to say, you can borrow prayers. I mean, there are so many mm-hmm. written prayers. I, I know there's a lot of church, um, a lot of churches that have that as part of their worship time. They have seasonal prayers. A lot of churches will do Advent prayers. Like I think that it the words aren't quite so important as your heart. Really. Um, And as I've as I have myself borrowed prayers and then written a hundred of them on my own, 
I just want to encourage people to say, you know, you don't always have to have fancy words. They don't have to be made for a platform or spoken in front of lots of people. Like you can just talk to God. You can just bear your heart and share what's in your heart. And so you can borrow those prayers for sure. But secondly, um, one of my favorite scriptures is from Romans 8, 26. And it promises us that, um, that the spirit himself helps us. Um, that when we don't know what to pray, that he intercedes and prays for us on our behalf. And so I think sometimes when we don't have the words, we can trust that the spirit is praying for us on our behalf, that that he, he knows what to say and he knows what to pray for us. And, and I claim that verse a lot, just saying simply, you know, God, I don't know what to pray. Um, but I know you do, I know, you know, my heart and you know, my needs. And so please just intercede for me. And, and there is, there is peace. That is a place when you can surrender to that. That is definitely a place of peace. And so, um, I think those are two things that I try to remember when I am at that point and I'm like, Oh, I'm just out of words, just totally out of words. And do you have any advice for, when you don't want to pray for someone. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like praying for your <sighs> enemies. Like I think, you know, like as you were talking, I was like, I feel like those times I'm often, I don't know, speechless or, you know, like trying to find the words or the people that I'm like, ugh, like I don't want to pray for you, you know, but you're, you're supposed to love your enemies and you're supposed to pray for them. And sometimes I'm like, I guess God just, with him you know it's like what totally appropriate and fine here's what I heard this quote and I I do not remember who said this so I I if someone knows they can let us know but it says that nothing makes you love a person more than praying for them Mm -hmm. and that's 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 so true because what happens isn't and it doesn't mean that you know you're going to be their best friend necessarily but often when we go to the Lord and we pray for someone. And again, borrow words. If you're like, I really can't come up with my own, <laughs> grab yeah. a threadbare prayer and pray for them. Put their name in that verse. Um, I think what happens is that God begins to help us to see that person from his perspective. Yeah. And it gets a little easier the more you do it. Um, I also think nothing makes you pray more for someone than, than those that you love. I think that's also bad. I didn't say that exactly right. But I think we so love to pray for those people that we dearly love. But I think if you're really struggling and you feel like God's, you know, you need to pray for them. um, I think what God will do in that situation is he will help give you his perspective on them. And you, you know, may not ever be their best friend, but you may go, you know what? I I can see that that person has it really hard. They've got some things in their life that are not good or they're not joyful or they have some people that are hurting them. And, and I think when you can join that conversation that God is already having, I think it just softens your heart to them a little bit to maybe be a little bit in a better place with those feelings. Yeah. Not easy. Not easy. It's not. I'm like, well, if he fell, it wouldn't be the worst thing. <laughs> you know, like, and I'm like, sorry. Get that honest stuff out first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and what are, I mean, do you have just some of your favorite Bible verses that just speak to during difficult times or not necessarily even difficult, but just do you find yourself going back to like, I I'm always go back to this verse or I found like this is just really powerful. Yeah, the, for sure. Um, one that I go to frequently is Psalms 91. I, it's probably my favorite Psalms and it, it deals with so much. It's so applicable to today. 
Um, but the verses are, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And so that is one that I will often pray right before I'm going to bed, especially if I'm anxious. You know how, you know, right before you go to sleep, mm-hmm. you start worrying about all the things. But Damn. in that yeah. verse, it talks about God being um, El Elyon, El Shaddai. Um, it talks about him being Jehovah, like all these amazing names of God. And when you dig into those names, there's just something that grabs your heart that, you know, I don't have to be afraid. And if you dig a little farther into that text, it talks about we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear. And so that's one that I go to frequently. Mm-hmm. I love also Psalms, a lot of Psalms, um, Psalms 116.2 that says, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. Mm-hmm. And I love that visual of just that God is leaning down from heaven to yeah. listen to our our simple prayers of help me or, you know, yeah, be here or heal my baby or, you know, be with my husband yeah. or whatever. God wants to hear from us and he has a posture that he wants to listen. And so those are a couple that I remind myself. I think sometimes when we are in a season, hard seasons or threadbare times, we think that God doesn't care or he's forgotten about us. Nothing could be further from the truth that he is leaning down to listen to us and that he is a safe place that we can run to and we can tuck ourselves into the shelter of his wings, as Psalms 91 says. And those are some that I love. Um, I have others um, as well. Um, not all of them are in Psalms, but those are the ones that come yeah. to mind um, that I, I really, really appreciate those verses. Yeah. Yeah. What a great visual, like to think of that, you know, like it, it just makes me think automatically, like how a parent, if a child's hurting, like they lean down to their child, you know, to be near it, them. It's a verse that um, a friend of mine shared with me several years ago. And it just has always stuck. And it's it's something yeah. that I've 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 mentioned many times in conversations with friends. And nobody ever seems to know the verse. Like it's always like, oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. But it's so powerful when you think about how you respond to your own children. And God feels that way towards us. He's tender. I mean, scripture says that he's near to the brokenhearted. Yeah. He's not far off. I think we we believe that lie. And that for me is something that I struggle with. I if I if the enemy can convince me that God doesn't care and he doesn't know what's happening, then I start down a path of trying to fix things myself and white knuckling my life. And life just gets much harder than when I lean into the fact that God cares that he's near and he's listening and I can go to him with my my struggles and my hard seasons. And he wants to walk with me through them and meet my needs and take care of me because, you know, we're his, we're his children. That's, yeah. of course, how he feels about us. Mm hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah. And I feel like right now, just with so many things going on in the world, like a lot of us are experiencing those threadbare times right now. Um, so how is the best way to minister a friend or a family member who's going through a tough time? Like, is it better to offer them encouragement or just be a good listening ear to them? What do you suggest? I, I- you know, both of those things are great. Um, I think sometimes when people are going through hard times, we think we have to say something really spectacular, you know, yeah. we have to have a word of knowledge or we have to have like something great. And some of the things that meant the most to me were definitely prayer. I mean, obviously people that text and say, you know, God puts you on my heart. You know how you're just going through your day and, and you know, God will just put like someone you haven't talked to in a few weeks or I wonder how they're doing that can be a prompt to, for us to pray for them and, and to yeah. say, to text them and say, Hey, you know, God just put you on my heart 
and I'm praying for you. And you can even say, I'm praying this for you. And you can grab a verse and, mm-hmm. and text it to him. That has meant more to me than than anything is just that God would be putting me on someone's heart and they would take the time to pause in their busy day and pray. So for sure, pray and communicate that when God does that or when you do have someone that you feel led to pray for. I think also when you can be present, I know right now we're in a season where that is really hard. There are a lot of ways that we are being restricted. I think that's one of the biggest tragedies of this whole pandemic is that we don't, we're missing those connections because I'm telling you, there were so many seasons, especially when my husband was in the hospital, just people that were with me, physically with me. Now, that's not to say that everyone that I hold dear could not be with me. They lived in different states, but they made sure they were connected, whether calling or texting Um, people, like even simple things like sending gift cards. I mean, people that are my friends online, they all know that I love a good Starbucks. I can't even tell you how many Starbucks cards I got, (laughs) but they knew me well enough to say, hey, I'm going to send you a Starbucks card. Um, We ate Chick-fil-A for months because people sent (laughs) so many gift cards. Like that is a thing. If you can't be with someone and you can meet a need, that's kind of like being with them. So, I mean, I think there's creative ways that we can do that. Um, If you can bring a meal and leave it on a porch, even better. There's nothing like good food when you're going through a hard time and you just don't have it within you to get to the kitchen and prepare something for your kids. There was, I talk about a group of moms when my husband was in the hospital. I call them the ballet moms. They were the moms of the other ballet girls that my daughter danced with. They just swooped in. They swooped a word. I don't even know. But they didn't even ask. They just started delivering meals to my family. And I will never forget that. I didn't even see them because I was away with my husband at the hospital they just started delivering meals every two to three days. My family had a home cooked meal and it wasn't me. Um, and stuff like that really matters. It really makes a difference. Um, because you can give the gift of yourself, even if you can't be there. And so I think that's something we need to think about maybe a little more creatively right now in the middle of COVID and all the things that we're dealing with today. Yeah. And who doesn't like (laughs) Chick-fil-A? Right. Obviously, there's everything there except yes. you know, not chicken, but <laughs> cookies and salad and all the things Diet Coke. Um, all my favorites. It is, a, I mean, it is a love language. I mean, right? I mean, food right. is a love language, surely. Yeah. Is for Chick-fil-A me. sauce, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Now you can buy it, which is even I know so great. You can make everything special. But I think you know those are those things. I think sometimes we think we have to say something, and really sometimes if you can just give something and I don't, it doesn't even have to be expensive. Right. Just if you can't be there and you can meet a need again, I just think it just, I'm, I'm, I just know that that, that means a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so uh, with having four girls and, you know, you have done books and devotionals and blogs, you know, how, just as, you know, Alex and I are both moms to little ones. And so mm-hmm. just, do you have any tips or suggestions on just how to teach our children to pray and to learn scripture? And I mean, has have you found anything specific to you like that worked well with your girls? Gosh, that's a great question. It's funny because my girls are uh, mostly older. They, they don't let me tuck them in at night anymore. <laughs> One of them still does, but most of them don't, you know, and so, but those were precious times when they Mm -hmm. were little and we would get in bed and we would, we would talk and we would pray and we'd pray for all the things. And we had a, a, I will say this, my daughter who has the chronic illness, we had a long list. We used to pray 
for people that were sick and hurting. And that was just her thing. She just really had a heart of compassion for people that were sick. And so we always included as many names as we could. Um, We've done things. I mean, obviously, there's so many great devotions on the market that you can read through and, and go through with your kids. But I think just giving them the chance to pray and being patient with them, modeling it, modeling it is part of it is just really huge is to model it for them. Um, I mean, I, if as I think about teaching my girls about the Lord, I don't always have all the answers to their questions. I mean, they still pose questions to me. I'm like, I don't know, but we can look in the Bible and we can, we can find it. You know, we've done lots of different things. I mean, my all time favorite resource that I still have, it's beat up and it's been through a lot is the children's storybook Bible by Sally Lloyd Jones. I read that as an adult and I weep. It is so beautiful. It's so great. I'll look it up. Oh my goodness. Just hit purchase on Amazon. I'm not an affiliate or anything, but the children's story, the Bible, <laughs> she actually has one for adults because she got so many responses, but just by the kids one. But it basically in the beginning of that, it says that every story whispers his name, every story in the Bible points to Jesus. And I read that and literally tears and my kids will be like, mommy, what's bad? I'm like, it's so beautiful. It's just beautiful, you know? Um, but that has been something that we've gone to again and again, um, just to, just to talk about, the word in a way that's very relational. And I think if you model that and the word means something to you and as best you can, you're spending time and your kids are seeing that. Um, and then you're helping them on their journey with Jesus. I think those are some of the things that has worked, have worked for our kids. Yeah. Thank you. I always love hearing some ideas for little ones. Cause just sometimes I'm like, am I doing this right? Am I <laughs> enough or not enough? Or it's just, it's kind of hard. It is. There's no magic. I don't think there's a magic formula for it, really. Um, One of the things, obviously, as moms, I think praying for your kids, obviously, um, and just praying that God will work in their hearts and that he'll bring them Christian friends and friends that love Jesus. I've prayed that so many times. I really started out this year um, really, really strategically praying for my girls and using just different things. I have a, a couple of my friends, my friend Brooke that I mentioned has a, has a book called Praying for Boys. And then my friend Terry oh. Lynn has a book called Praying for Girls. Um, okay. And those are incredible resources to pray strategically for your kids. Now, I don't need the one for boys, obviously, um, but I have had it and I've given it away. Um, but they're just great resources to pray for your kids. And then mm-hmm. you can even say, I mean, I don't, I mean, it just depends how old your kids, you know, mommy prays that God will give you a heart that desires to know him. And mommy's praying for you that God will teach you what is right and wrong. I mean, you can tell your kids. And I think if we have those really open conversations with them, um, I think it will help in their journey. And it, I mean, it has to be their faith, obviously. But right. I think if we can help them to understand that um, we can have a relationship with Jesus and he is our friend and we model that. Um, and that, and I heard a quote by Donna Gaines one time. She said something about praying that my kids would not see anything in my faith walk that would make them not want to follow Jesus. And that's hard, but that yeah. they would see me engaging with him and walking with him and loving him, and even in the hard times, that they would see me reaching out for him and that there would be nothing in my life that would keep them from wanting to know him. It's a challenge before me, especially with older kids. Obviously they, they have a much harder question sometimes. Oh, I bet. Um, and so it just, I think you, you guys are, I'm sure are doing everything that you can do. Um, but those are two books that I would highly recommend for your listeners to grab friends and then they, they would love those books. Yeah. Well, and I like that 
I've never really thought about sharing with my boys, like, this is what I'm praying for you. You know, like, I've never, like, I pray for them. And, like, when we, like, tuck them in, like, we say their prayers. But I've never thought to be, like, I'm praying protection over you. Or, you know, to, like, share that with them. I have another one of my friends has like, she's picked out, I think this is a great idea. This is not me. This is my friend, Erin, but she, she picks out verses for each of her kids and she had them like drawn or written, like printed or something, has them hanging in their room and they pray those verses every night. So it's just simple prayer and they know that's their verse. And she'll say, then I'm praying for you that you'll be like a city on a hill. It'll shine for Jesus. You know, like Mm -hmm. she has that language and they, mommy, pray, pray the city on a hill prayer. Like they know that's, you know, their verse. And so I think that's another really simple way. I mean, again, simple prayers based on scripture um, that they can grab onto and know that this is what my mommy is praying over me. Um, And it becomes just, it just becomes truly special for them. And and I think it's just a great great thing to do. Uh, I have really great friends, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really you, super you smart. Know. I will quote them all day long. So that's awesome. That's amazing. Well, and Stacy, as we wrap up here, could you just say a quick prayer for our listeners who may be going through a hard time or may just need some words of encouragement or maybe they're wanting to start praying again or continue praying, but just uh, need some more guidance. Would you say a quick prayer for all of us. I will. And I'm going to share one from one of my favorite mom friends. Um, my friend Amy inspired this prayer. And it's based on 1 Peter 1, 6 through 7. And it says, in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by this so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes through it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And the prayer is this, Lord, I can be sure that this season of suffering is not an accident. You have not misplaced me or left me to take care of all this on my own. You are here working out my faith in the midst of my hardest days. I can find joy in the junk. I can let you test my faith and I can look forward to what will be revealed. You use my trials to refine me and limit my trials to a season and will display my faith to glorify your name. Your purpose in allowing this trial is to refine my faith so that the junk falls away and what remains has genuine value to you. When others see me come through this season, my hope is that I'm changed and you are glorified. And this is the reason I can rejoice. And the threadbare prayer is, Lord, I can find true joy in the junk. Amen. It's beautiful. And what a powerful prayer. Mm-hmm. It's so simple. And it's yeah. my dear friend, Amy, and she will remind me of that many, many times. We can find joy in the junk. Right. And Absolutely. so many of us need to hear that right now. There's Today. A lot of junk. Yeah, there's a lot of junk. <laughs> the year of 2020. <laughs> the year, yeah. But there's joy there too. And I think as mamas, that's part of what we do is we help our kids. Mm-hmm. We point to the joy. It's hard. It's a hard season, but yeah. God is using us to change us. And when we can find joy, even in the hard days, I think that's, that's, that's a gift. Yeah. Absolutely. And so Stacy, I mean, as we near the end of 2020 and you did just have a new book come out, the threadbare prayer and, um, what is on your agenda? Like, do you have any plans coming up as far as writing or just personal goals? You know, um, just getting through the days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Surviving really in 2020 is a big deal. Yeah. Um, 
our kids are, I have a senior um, that's going to be graduating in the next year. So we're kind of looking towards that future. Um, I do have a speaking event coming up in December, a Christmas um, event in my church, which I'm very excited because we haven't been able to gather a lot as our women's ministry. So I'm looking forward to that very safe gathering. We are making sure. And um, that's going to be good. My mom, my my mom who lives in Southern Indiana is going to come visit us for the holidays. And so you know, we, we enjoy being together and we're just going to end 2020 kind of the way we've been the whole year, which is together <laughs> in our house, um, counting our blessings and grateful. Um, and what God brings in 2021, who knows, who knows, but right. I think we're all a little bit stronger. I think we're all, um, a little bit more appreciative of the people in our lives. And I think we're all, um, in a place where we're really hoping that the next year brings, um, good things for our, mm-hmm. for our families and our friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think we, we all, we're all hoping for that and who knows, we'll see what God does. Amen. Yeah. Where can our listeners follow you? Well, they can find all the things on my blog, which is stacythacker.com. Um, and I'm also on social media at Stacy Thacker on Instagram, which is pretty much my favorite place to be. Um, <laughs> I'm also on Facebook at official Stacy Thacker. Um, those are some of the places they can find me. I love hanging out on social media, chatting, drinking coffee, having conversations. It's, it's kind of fun. Awesome. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for taking time out of your evening and week, and we really appreciate it, and I just, you've given us a lot to think about, and I'm excited to look into your new book and just, um, you know, like you said, like read scripture and turn it into prayer, simple prayers, because I think sometimes that's what we need, you know, just, and just ideas of saying that prayer before we fall asleep or reiterating it to our children, I think it's really important. So thank you for sharing all those. And we're excited to share this conversation with everyone. Well, thanks for having me. I love what y'all are doing, encouraging moms. I think that is it's a beautiful thing. And um, I love that you guys have done this and I'm just grateful to be part of the program. Yay. Thank yeah. you so much. And have a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas. Yay. <laughs> thank you. You too. Take care. Bye.